Last Leg, Notes from a Trucker Convoy in Hagerstown, Maryland. The itinerary has been amended. Saturday, March 5th is now a layover day. The convoy is staged approximately 65 miles from the Washington, D.C. Beltway for an as-yet-to-be-determined action. Following is a summary of the last few days. Wednesday, March 2nd, rally in Indianapolis area. All 2,000 seats at Ted Everett Farm Equipment were filled. People stood packed in front of the stage, and the audience spilled out the hangar doors on both sides. A few minutes in, the person next to me showed me a text from a family member stating that the interstate exit had been shut down because too many people were trying to get there. Several speakers, including lawyer Leigh Dundas, spoke. Dundas reiterated that the convoy will not go into D.C. proper, quote, for reasons that are obvious. The People's Convoy itinerary has stated from the beginning that it would arrive in the, quote, D.C. Beltway area. Whether or not the convoy will go into D.C. proper, a la Canadian truckers, remains a point of speculation among supporters. After the rally, participants filed outside. Former maintenance worker John Censor felt led by God to purchase a large flag two years ago. Those gathered unfurled it for the first time, ringed by semis. The big rigs turned on their headlights and the crowd shouted, shined lights, and walked under the flag. The semis revved their engines, blasted their horns, and blew smoke from their stacks like dragons. Later, I listened to Steve Spurgeon perform an original song, Wake Up in the USA, to a small crowd. Part of the song appears at the end of this audio recording. Thursday, March 3rd, Indianapolis, Indiana area to Cambridge, Ohio area. I counted 154 semis leading the charge to the next stop. Once again, there were supporters all along the route. It was especially noteworthy because temperatures were in the low 30s. I have seen trucks, box trucks, semi trucks, fire trucks, and even one monster truck on the overpasses. In Indiana, I saw two Confederate flags on the side of the road being waved by people as we passed, the first I have seen of the trip. The convoy has gotten so large that there have been logistical difficulties. It was split up and had to regroup at a rest stop in Ohio, which turned out to be a good thing because a reporter from a local news station in Dayton was able to take pictures that ended up in a short piece. Two miles from the overnight stop near Cambridge, Ohio, I pulled onto the shoulder with a line of others. There was a lot of chatter on the CB about how the four-wheelers did not have CBs and were staying in the right lane too long. The shoulder was not moving. The right lane eventually stopped. It took two hours to go two miles. Ah, damn, a four-wheeler just stopped in front of me. Just patience, people, patience. Amen and amen. I did not pull into the compound for the night, but turned around and went back to my motel. It was 12 hours of road time. Friday, March 4th, Cambridge, Ohio, area to Hagerstown, Maryland. 
I met a man named Ben in the parking lot of the motel. He had traveled from Arizona with his three-year-old daughter to, quote, see history in the making. He told me that they had had to turn people away from the staging ground the night before, which made me glad I had not tried to attend. I drove to a rest stop near where the convoy was going to start. There I met Miriam. She had watched the convoy from an overpass in Indianapolis and had spontaneously decided to follow it. She introduced me to Rosie, a teddy bear riding shotgun in her SUV. Miriam's granddaughter had given her the bear when Miriam had contracted COVID. The granddaughter's mother had told her that anyone who got COVID and had not taken the shot died. She gave me her teddy bear to comfort me while I died, Miriam said. Miriam scrolled through her phone, showed me pictures of Rosie with the truckers at the rally, then continued, These are pictures from a trip we took to Texas. As I looked at them, I got the sense that Miriam would have much rather been taking these trips with her granddaughter instead of her granddaughter's teddy bear. A school teacher from the area named Carol was also at the rest stop with her teenage son AJ to support the convoy as it went by. When she found out I was going all the way with the convoy, she gave me two flags, a case of Sunny D, and a bag full of cookies to take with me. I followed the convoy through Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and into Maryland. It took seven and a half hours to drive 181 miles. I have gotten the notification on my map, Hazard Ahead, with the option Cleared or Still Here, repeatedly. Each time, I looked around without seeing a hazard. I finally realized it was referring to the convoy. Wherever it goes, it slows down traffic. I heard a trucker on the CB read out his mile marker. At that point, the convoy stretched over 30 miles from where I was at to where he was at. As of 2145, vehicles were still rolling into the staging grounds of Hagerstown Speedway on Friday, March 4th. The staging ground is bigger than anything else I have seen thus far, and it is being filled with vehicles. Convoy organizers have amended the itinerary to have a layover day Saturday, March 5th, instead of driving the remaining approximately 65 miles to the Beltway. The scuttlebutt on the delay is as gripping as it is speculative. I will update when I have confirmation. Brian Bass, a trucker and co-founder of the movement, stood on the flatbed's flatbed stage and said, we are going to do something. What that is, is yet to be determined. Please be patient. Wake up in the USA. Wake up in the USA. In the USA